I don't think I'll ever like change this hairstyle just because it is so easy. Yeah. I've trained Jimmy to do like all of it. Like he shaves the sides, <laughs> I cut the top, he'll bleach it, and then I just throw the pink on. So yeah. it's the easiest hairstyle and I, and I feel finished, you know, like I have a yeah. cute hairstyle. Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. This is Kate White, your host, coming at you from Traverse City, Michigan. <laughs> Didn't know I was a singer, did you? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my gosh, I am all hyped up right now because I got to interview Sandy Phelan of Trying Something New. And if you're familiar with her and her family from YouTube or any social media channel, you will know that this woman has the energy of a thousand suns and so positive, so real, so wonderful. And I'm like, feel like I'm hopped up on caffeine and sugar after a conversation with her. And I think you're going to feel that way after this interview. We had such a long, juicy conversation that I actually cut it into two parts. So you're about to listen to part number one. Part number two will come out next week. Um, in this first part, you get to hear about... Uh, Sandy and Jimmy and their family's passion for world schooling and how that idea is actually what got them on the road started in RV life like eight years ago. You get to hear how a sense of adventure is just kind of like in her blood and what she was really craving when she was like a suburban, you know, American dream type gal back in the day. I also asked about like her pink mohawk and what the story behind that is. I just asked, I tried to ask a lot of questions that I think people would want to know about Sandy and also my own insatiable curiosity. So this first part, you're going to get to know Sandy really well. The second part, you're going to get to hear how special parent time works in a class A. Um, and you're going to get to hear a rapid fire set of questions that I gave to Sandy that she handled so well. So Get excited. You are about to have an injection of energy just from hearing this conversation with Sandy Phelan. I love this conversation. I think you will too. Let's get into it. Sandy, welcome to the Army Queens podcast. Um, I, I think you. it's Thank like you. been maybe six months of me like texting you once a month and being like, <laughs> do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> I am so sorry it's taken this long. My gosh. Oh. It definitely should not have been six months later, but I'm glad we're here. You are a busy woman, and I kind of thought it would go that way. You know, I, lear I have learned in my professional career to be uh, persistent, but also kind. Like, you don't want to be a dum-dum and, like, you know, don't cross the line, but I just kept Anyways, whatever. I'm super glad to well, have I you on today. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm so happy to I be have here. a Thank thousand you. questions for you, um, but I'm going to try to narrow them down to be contained within one hour here. So um, I'll do my best. Uh, first of all, where are you guys, where are you coming from right now? So right now we're in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. 
we are deep in the forest, it feels like, and we are far from everything. So I'm ready to be done with this area. <laughs> oh, really? You're not one of those like nature lovers just want to hug trees no. all day? <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, I, I think like a few days is good and I'm, I've, I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm is that, so I good. mean, you guys have been on the road so long. Um, I have to imagine you've been almost everywhere. Have you been to these mountains before? Yes. We actually were here like two years ago and it's great. My mom lives close by, so I'm able to visit her, but you know, I don't like where there's like no civilization, you know, it's like, it's cool for a minute. And then I'm like, all right, I want to be close to stores. If I need something from the store, I don't want it to be like a 20 minute windy road, scary down the mountain, deer in the road. Like... <laughs> I am the same way and I kind of feel like I'm sometimes I feel like I'm not the same as other RV people that just want to be boondocking deep in the woods for a long time because I'm like well I like the trees but if there can be like a Target and a Costco like 10 minutes away I'm like a bougie camping experience (laughs) I don't know (laughs) we're among friends here Okay. You have so many stories to tell, I'm sure. And I'm going to try to like pull some really juicy ones out, Uh, especially like back to when you guys started living, um, not just in an RV, but just your mindset, the way you think about the world is just really unique. So your, your kind of journey of living differently from the normal American, right? Um, started back when you first learned about world schooling for the first time. And I'm curious to hear why was that so impactful for you? Yeah, you know, it's like we were, we're living just our regular life. We started our film business. It was successful. We had our three kids. Two of them were in school. You know, we had the rental properties, the big house, the cars, you know, like everything looked good on paper. Like we should be happy. Um, and then as I'm dropping the kids to school every morning, first off, getting them ready for school, dropping them off, it was just difficult, right? And I'm going, when, once I got to the school, I'm looking at all the other parents and I'm like, are you guys as miserable as me and nobody's just talking about it? Like, is everybody just smiling and going about the whole hamster wheel and <laughs> not acknowledging like, this is, this is not really what I signed up for, you know? There's gotta mm-hmm. be more to life. And so, you know, we did that for a few years. I think Jimmy and I just realized like something's missing here. I don't know if it was a sense of adventure or just excitement or, you know, you just go through the day after day after day and, you know, it just got super monotonous and we were like, you know, we just got really bored, I think, and felt like what's missing. And one year we, um, and we love to travel. And so one year we traded uh, like for Christmas, we were like kids and the kids were super young at the time. I think Ryder was like two or three. The girls were probably like five and six. And we're like, how about we go on an adventure? And it was to Thailand for Christmas. And instead of like the big Christmas here, we go have a crazy adventure in Thailand. And so we did that. And it was like, it was everything. It was seriously that was what we were missing. It was like the sense of adventure, exploring the world, our kids seeing different cultures and doing different things. And we love water. We love like turquoise water and all of that. And so um, we were on the boat all the time and they were, the kids were in the water and, and experiencing all of that. And um, once we got back home, we were like, ooh. <laughs> I know. Oh. Like, Man, that sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, But then right after that is when we heard about world schooling and we're like, wait a minute. And since we had just come back from Thailand, it was, um, it was just so fitting that we knew like 
if we had a little glimpse of that and all these families are actually doing this full time, we're like, we are definitely missing the boat here. Like with this regular life in a neighborhood, sedentary, like going to school, <laughs> you know, all that craziness. I'm like, we're really, really missing the mark on what is, is, is important to us in life and what, how we want to raise our kids and all that. And so we went to this world schooling meetup in Mexico um, and met, a, I don't know, I think there was like 70 families there at the time. Some of them were new like us, never did anything with it. We're just curious. Others have been doing it for years. And we were like, this is the missing link, like right here. This is the experiences that these families were having together, traveling the world. And some did it full time, some did it half the year. Like they all had their different journey. But the one thing that we learned from all of them was adventure in life that they were having and their kids were experiencing so many cool things. We're like, that's it. Literally, that was it. Like the, our first step though was not living full time around the world. It was like we moved into the RV so we could travel the country. I took our kids out of school and me and Jimmy are both pretty much very spontaneous people, not planners. That sounds good. Sound good to you? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go. Yeah. And we already had the <laughs> RV. We were um we were already renovating it and so we literally like got rid of everything. Got rid of all of our mm -hmm. possessions. We had garage sales. We gave it away. Gave, donated it. And, um, that was so cleansing to just free ourselves of all the stuff, you know, it's like mm -hmm. the stuff that you work so hard for that you accumulate. And then you realize this means absolutely nothing. It's a bunch of junk. You know, the, yeah. what really was important to us was, you know, what we were going to do with our kids and how we we're going to raise them. And, um, the, just the adventure, I think. And then all of our kids are really cool in the sense that they love it. And it's, mm -hmm. we didn't experience that where like there was a kickback from a kid that was like, oh, I really don't want to do that. They were all like, let's go. And so, um, we started, yeah, when Ryder, I think was three. And then we lived over in Bali for a couple of, we actually traveled through Southeast Asia for three months. Then we came back, did the RV for a little bit, and then went over to, for a world schooling pop-up in Bali and lived there for six months. And it was just amazing. Yeah. And I've met your kids in person and I can, you know, for people that haven't met you in real life, like they are peaceful, sweet kids. And I know like as parents, everyone knows that means you and Jimmy are like doing a good job. Right. And so I'm curious, like how have you retained kind of like a grounded family life and, you know, family culture, even though you're traveling full time, I, I imagine like people on the outside that aren't living the RV life are like, well, how do you, like, isn't, doesn't it feel chaotic? Like, don't your kids feel like they don't have a home? Like, how have you guys kept that groundedness for your family? You know, I don't think we know anything else. You know, I don't think the kids really, you know, it's funny because we got back from Bali right before COVID hit. And so we were supposed to all be back in Bali when like coronavirus hit, like the pandemic happened, but me and the kids actually came back to Vegas. And so during that, I knew that I didn't want to be in the RV during the winter because I absolutely hate the cold. And our RV, our older one, is in 1999. There is zero insulation. If it's cold out, it's cold inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so right before, we were like, we were going to build our courses. And so we we're like, let's rent a house for a couple of months to have a set, and it'll get us through the winter. Well, co you know, COVID hit. Their kids, like we were on the road for I don't know how many years, six, seven years already at that time, six years. And so when we got the house, we gave each kid a room and we're like, all right, you guys experience the room thing. 
They literally, so to everybody that says anything about our kids and the rooms and the privacy and they need their own door, blah, blah, blah. It's absolute nonsense and BS because our kids had that and literally took their mattresses out and put them in our room and never again had them in their own room and didn't even go in it. And so I'm like, if you people only knew, like you think our kids are missing out on these things of like the space or the privacy or the door, my kids don't care. They don't care. They want to be with us. And so that was a huge eye opener because, you know, in the back of your mind, you always wonder, are, you know, are we screwing up our kids or our kids missing out? And now it just solidified it, put the nail in the coffin. Nope. Our kids don't care. You know, they just don't care. That's not important to them. That's not a priority. Having a separate room is not high on the list. It's just being with us as a family unit, I guess. I guess they like us because they just are always with us and they're not trying to get away. You know, they're not trying to, you know, have space somewhere else. And so I think, I think for us, it was, uh, we're doing something right. I don't know. Like if there's, (laughs) of course we argue we're a family and it's not perfect. 100% of the time, like I will not ever try to portray that because that's not it. We're a real family, you know, like siblings fight, you know, the kids don't do their chores. We get upset, but overall, we've gotten so used to this small space and we're very comfortable around each other and we know how to navigate around each other to where it's, it's never a thing. It's never a problem. It's funny you mentioned that because we had that same experience uh, last week or the week before we had to stay for staying in an Airbnb for our, when our RV was in the shop and it was like a three bedroom. It's like exactly what you described um, where we're like, kids, you can have your own room, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up, they chose to sleep in the same room together. And, and then the second room was like their playroom and, and, uh, had the same experience where I was like, okay, so, (laughs) and also the experience from like, we used to live, you know, three bedroom, three bath, garage, uh, uh, full um, basement, all the stuff like huge yard and downsizing into an RV um, had the same experience of like, (laughs) I don't need the space anymore or want the space that, I used to think I need it because when you live in a house, you're always like comparing yourself to everyone else's house. Um, and like, Oh, someday we'll be able to afford the million dollar home. That's like a bajillion square feet. And now I'm like, Ew, I don't want a big house. I gotta like figure out how to get it cleaned all the time. And like too much. Oh girl, that was the struggle. (laughs) I'm like, this whole house is never clean at the same time. And I hate it. It was like the yeah. biggest and like frustration for me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I even feel that way in the RV sometimes. I'm like, I oh, yeah. just clean these floors. Do not bring sandy feet in here. <laughs> yes. I oh, feel you. You as a woman, I would say you have um, the it factor where you're just beautiful and fit and fashionable. And, but you're also just like a really kind person. Like you just have all the stuff but Girl, you're also thank you. really I feel the same way by you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> how do you how do you like keep your energy so high you seem like just such a positive high energy person what oh, tell us you. your secrets <sighs> what well i don't feel like i'm that all the time that's for damn sure um but i think i don't know i think i'm just pretty happy overall like i i don't know i choose to 
look at the positive things. I mean, we all got stuff to bitch about, right? Like we, there's a never ending list of things that you can just be annoyed with, irritated, bitch, you know, whatever. But I think I just, I like to just, I'm, I've always been full of energy. I've always been like, I like to have a good time. And so I think with the kids, I mean, in this lifestyle, it's just, it lends itself to, you don't have a lot to, you know, think about, right? Like in an RV, you're in a small space and you're always doing pretty much cool things for the most part. You're in cool locations or you strive to be in good weather and you're outside. And I think all of those little factors just keep me fired up in a way. And I drink coffee in the morning. I have some energy drinks here and there. <laughs> um, but I think overall, I just, I like to be happy and if things start getting frustrating or whatever, like me and Jim be like, all right, so we got to change some stuff because it may feel like it's bringing the vibe down. You know, it's all about good vibes. We had it painted literally on the door of our old RV, good vibes only. If you got bad vibes, don't come in. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. we got to, you just got to work through it and figure it out. But I think I just like to choose to look at the positive of things. And I just want to be happy. Like life is too short to be stressed out about stupid things or, you know, like I said, it's there, it's there. If you want to focus on that, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. And I, right. I kind of live by that. And I, I always tell the kids that too. I'm like, if you want to focus on the bad, you're going to get bad. If you want to mm -hmm. see good, like focus on the good. Cause they're both there. That's right. I think that's it in life. Right. They're both there. You know, what yeah. do you want to look at? And that's right. if you, you magnify the bad, that's, you're going to, that's what you're going to get. And that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel crappy. If you want to focus on the good, then that's where it goes. And my yeah. son is looking at me right now. <laughs> what? Oh my, I know. Really? Oh my goodness. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I, it's, a, it's all there. What do you want to focus on? And I choose to right. have fun and be happy and spread good vibes. And like we're with some families right now and it's all good vibes. Like it's just, they're so amazing. And so surrounding yourself with good people, you know, it just keeps that energy high. And yeah. So. Yeah. I think you maybe just articulated, um, like gave an answer for my previous question about what keeps your family so grounded, even though you're on the road. I think it's exactly what you talk about because that mm. energy goes where energy flows is like such a huge parenting hack where if you just nitpick all day, like every wrong thing they're doing, that's all you're going to get yeah. back in return. Right. Same thing with yeah. being married, you know, any relationship in your life. It's, I mean, that's it's how. there, right? It's like, <laughs> it's and I'm not exactly. perfect, so I'm sure he can say the same right. about me. Like, <laughs> same, totally. Uh, I mean, you don't focus have to focus on the good. <laughs> focus on the good, baby. Focus on this hot body instead of me not washing the dishes right now. Okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> can well. you just focus on the fact that I made breakfast today for you? Yes, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, guess what? This is a sponsored episode, and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part? 
They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. Okay, I have to ask about your pink mohawk. Um, You know, as a woman... We all know that kind of having an outside change, whether it's as small as like painting your nails or getting your hair done or like whatever is reflective of an inside change. So you've been rocking that mohawk for years. And I'm curious about like when you originally started styling your hair that way, what was the shift going on inside of you and in your life at that time? So I actually had hair very similar to this when I was pregnant with Nixon. I was eight months pregnant with Nixon. So that's 14 years ago. Um, it wasn't as extreme. It was like a faux hawk. So it was short on the sides. It wasn't shaved. Um, and I had that for like, I don't know, maybe two years and then it grew out, but I have very thick wavy hair. Right. And so all I had, all I did was it was either in a ponytail or a bun every single day. And I always felt so unfinished. Like you see some girls and their hair is mm-hmm. done. They look so cute. And, and I, mine was not like that. Cause I'm not, I'm not a blowout <laughs> kind of girl. If I yeah. had it like big, it was just big. Like Jimmy says the first, like our first day, it cracks me up. Cause I never look at it like that, but he goes, I opened the door and it was like this lion's mane of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I always die when he says that because I could just imagine that I was just used to my hair, but he obviously just met me. <laughs> and um, so that's if I if I wore my hair down, it was like this big old crazy wavy thing. Um, and I usually didn't like that; it was hot. It was you know all over the place. So uh, after I had it the first time, I let it grow out, and it was getting long again. And when I was pregnant with Ryder. Um, I would always just same thing. And I was like, damn, like I'm in that, that, that thing again, you know, like just the ponytail or the bun. And, um, when he was like a month old, literally Miley Cyrus had shaved her head, right? Like she did the whole little mohawk thing. Like it wasn't necessarily mohawk, but it was like cute and short. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. And, but I went a little more extreme. I had like, it was like a full mohawk, like the sides and the pink. I had the entire thing pink in the beginning. Um, but that upkeep is real a pain in the ass. And so I started doing like, cause when I have my roots would grow out to do the, you know, bleach it with the pink, it just was like a nightmare. And so then we were like, all right, let's just do it all. And then I'll just do the tops pink. It's the easiest way to maintain it. And so I've mm-hmm. had this now for about 10 years and I've Ooh. tried a couple of different colors and I always go back to pink and yeah, I don't think I'll ever like change this hairstyle just cause it is so easy yeah. i've trained jimmy to do like all of it like he shaves the sides <laughs> i cut the top he'll bleach it and then i just throw the pink on so yeah it's the easiest hairstyle and i and i feel finished you know like i have a yeah. cute hairstyle whenever you're in like small towns like in the south or something <laughs> do you you know are there haters that are like oh, i don't know i'm just trying to imagine like your experience going out in the world every single day with a pink mohawk i'm like I'm such a normal looking person that I could be like invisible everywhere I go oh if I want to. But, but like, if you wanted, like, you can't, like, you just, everywhere you go, I'm sure people are like, what? <laughs> Can, so like, have I you think, had, do you have any crazy stories about that? So I think in the very beginning that was cause it was so new to me also. Like I was, I'd have it up and, and people would just like, I have 10 heads. Um, <laughs> 
And I, so I think that first, I don't know, six months, a year of that initial reaction, I'm kind of just numb to it now. Like I don't even notice. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. (laughs) Like I could care less. Right. Like I give no Fs about what anybody thinks. And so most people, it's like a good reaction. They're like, wow, that's so cool or whatever, you know? And then we'll get some comments on our videos. Like, what are you like, you're too old for that hair or whatever. <laughs> and I just think it's funny. I'm like, I could care less what your hair looks like that you're commenting on my, what mine looks like, I think is really funny. So, but yeah, I'd say, I don't even notice it anymore. Jimmy probably notices it more than me. Um, yeah. people's reactions, but I kind of, I don't know. It doesn't phase me anymore, but yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I love you know, it. I love it's a filter for sure. <laughs> yeah true um i love that (laughs) the reason though is like the hair maintenance is so easy i honestly didn't even think of that aspect of having a mohawk but i love (laughs) i love that that's your reason it's just so practical it's it's Uh, easy like it feels very practical for me yes it's uh, yeah for most people not especially moms probably not but yeah. Uh, okay. So you mentioned that story of when Jimmy first saw you with the lion's mane. Um, so you're from New York city and is Jimmy from Las Vegas? Is that right? No, he's from Washington state from like oh, Tacoma. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So tell me like, tell me your love story. how did you guys meet? How did you end up in Vegas? Where did this whole, you know, family right. situation yeah. start? I moved from New York city to Las Vegas with an ex-boyfriend and so we moved to las vegas i was we were in the party scene a little too much over there plus we hated the cold weather during the winter it's like six to eight months out of the year it's cold we moved to las vegas quickly after we broke up and then i stayed in las vegas and started a life for myself and then jimmy was already in las vegas um from washington he turned 18 and like got out of tacoma and then he worked at a restaurant that my best friend at the time worked at Nobu in Las Vegas. And, um, I was single for a couple of years. We were doing marathons, triathlons, me and my friend, she was working at the restaurant with Jimmy and he, for some reason, she set us up like on a blind date. She's like, I think you need Mm -hmm. to meet this guy, Jimmy. He's really awesome. He's got big muscles and tattoos. Like as if that was my like criteria (laughs) for hanging out with somebody. And, um, I had actually gone to eat in the restaurant one night and he was on vacation. So I didn't think I was going to meet him at all, or at least then. And he came back from his vacation early and came into the restaurant and everybody was like, Oh my God, Sandy, Jimmy's here. Like the whole restaurant knew that Stephanie wanted me to meet Jimmy and I was there. And so it was this hysterical thing. And I was like, Oh, I was freaking out. Like, yeah, I hadn't seen anybody in a while was not interested. And, um, now it became this weird thing and we met and I was like, wow, he's cute. You know, he was like pretty buff at the time. Sorry, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, uh, we like literally hit it off like instantly. And then, you know, worked out a few times, hung out, went out to dinner. And then I think he moved in like a month later. I had just bought a house in Vegas and he had a roommate at the time. So he moved in with me and yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. We love to travel. And so we were doing a lot of traveling and doing triathlons and marathons together. We did an Ironman together and, um, yeah, it was really fun. We we were both very like, uh, gypsy spirits, you know, it's like, we're very easygoing. 
spontaneous. And so, yeah, it was really fun, like right from the get go. Yeah. So what were you each up to before you guys started your film business? So he was working at the restaurant. He became the GM of Nobu in Las Vegas. I was, uh, I was actually a cocktail waitress at the Palms when I had first moved to Vegas. Um, I did that for a few year, for a few years, and then I started doing real estate. So I did real estate probably for a couple of years before we started having kids. I was doing real estate. He, I forgot what course was. He was working at Nobu, and then we started the film business. We had Nixon, oh, okay. and uh, actually, the reason why we started the film business was two of our close friends passed away at really young ages, like our age at the time. They were like thirties, and we were like, whoa, like that was just an eye opener to life. You know, like one was the life of the party. The other girl was the, like the sweetest thing ever, full of energy. Like she, they, both of them, when you walk into a room, you're, when they walk into a room, you're just like, whoa, like you love these people instantly. Right. They're amazing. And they both died like crazy. Oh one, the girl had breast cancer. A friend line now had a heart attack in his sleep. And so it was a, it's just a wake up call for both of us. And we were like, what the hell are we doing? Like, are, are, is where we're at in life what we want to be doing in life? You know, it was sort of one of those like aha moments. And um, we started we started the film business because Jimmy's cousin had come into town um, and showed us his wedding video. He had just gotten married, showed us his wedding video. And it was one of those beautiful cinematic um, things where we're, we're both crying at the end of it. And we're all like, man, Jimmy had started filming Nixon, making home videos and whatnot. And we somehow we have this crazy idea. We should start a film business. Like, let's get out of the jobs we don't care about and do something for ourselves. And that wedding video literally was like the light switch. We didn't know anything about cameras, anything about anything, no film background. It was so like fish out of water. Like, let's start a film business. Let's buy some cameras and do this. And it was it was crazy how um, like things just lined up. Like the universe sort of just like put things into place where we, the first wedding that we did, we did it for free. And it just turned out that they were like the sorority and fraternity king and queen for UNLV. And oh, wow. we did their wedding for free and it turned out really good. Jimmy was just like meant to be an editor, meant to like be a storyteller through video. And, um, <clears throat> that video came out really, really good. <clears throat> and so, all of their friends that were getting married all around the same time had to use us. So our, our little business that came out of nowhere, like blew up within that first year. And it was, everything just like rocked our world. Really. It's like, this doesn't happen. You know, like you don't start a mm -hmm. film business with no film background, not even know how to use your cameras. And then we were like rivaling the top two companies in Vegas at the time out of nowhere, you know? So that's how we started the film business. And that's, that was what, like 13 years ago, which is crazy to say, like we were doing that 13 yeah. years ago, but yeah. So he was a restaurant manager. I was doing real estate. We started this film business and it just, it worked. I love it. <laughs> it sounds similar to like when you discovered you wanted to do world schooling and decided to buy an RV, exactly, like you yeah. just dived in. We I do. We are ask you. all in. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, like, had you guys even been RVing before or, or like, were you camping people at all? Or were you just no. like full so, immersion? And Jimmy's mom had an RV. So we borrowed it for like a week here. Um, I think we did like a week in her RV. Then we rented an RV for like a week. So I think we might've had two weeks of RVing under yeah. our belts. <laughs> Get a feel for it. And you're like, eh, yeah. it's not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> if that guy can do it, 
I can do it. <laughs> I, you know, and that's the way we think. Like, seriously, uh, it's right. so funny. And Jimmy is totally mm -hmm. good, like, driving the big RV. Like, he was not nervous about it. When he had first moved to Vegas, he was doing construction and drove, like, the trucks and all that kind of stuff. And so he had no fear driving it. I think if that was an element that might have... I don't know. I don't even know. Like, did you guys have it like experience driving, like pulling a huge fifth no. wheel behind you? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. <clears throat> and was it scary at all? Or were you guys just like, let's just, let's go. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty similar to you. We made the decision and literally two months later, everything was gone, like sold, done. We're ready to make this huge life change. We bought a used fifth wheel and a used truck that we didn't have inspected. And so that mm. was a uh, problem, uh, but we didn't realize that. Anyway, to answer your question, um, no, we didn't know anything and we were scared out of our minds, but Drew was the one driving it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I have faith in you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. And I'm like, I'm still kind of a nervous wreck on travel days. Like, I'm, I trust Drew, but I don't trust other drivers. So I'm just mm. like, that, that's, that guy's getting, like, watch that. Do you see that yeah. guy? You know, like, I'm always kind of freaking out about that still um yeah but as well, far let me as tell you the fifth wheel is a whole nother game like oh yeah. pulling behind yeah, is a whole different game <clears throat> i mean have you driven did you ever drive the old class a that you had mm -mm. okay no and have you driven the fifth wheel yet hell no so <laughs> i never drove that and i'm definitely not pulling this like yeah. no like this is i think the class a is a different experience because you're in the box, right? And so you can, not that I, not from driving experience, but you can tell where you're at, right? Like you're in the vehicle. I think when you're pulling, it's, it's a, it's a little more uh, nerve wracking for me. I don't know about Jimmy, but for me, I'm like, Whoa, like <laughs> it's separate, you know? Yeah. You can't tell what's going on back there. Like in the RV, there was a window in the back. So if there was ever anything, I can always run to the back and look out and see what's up. But this is like, it's 45 feet. You know, actually it's like more because the bed of the truck's eight feet. So it's even 50 some feet back there. So it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, but. The transition for Jimmy, like, was that even a thing for him? Or is he just so confident? He's like able uh, to just drive the fifth wheel now. I think there's a little difference. Like I could tell it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a different testing the waters, you know? Yeah. Well, and also that's like a brand new, I mean, high end, uh, machine you're driving over there. And then and it's brand new. You class know, A was true. what, like, it was considered vintage pretty much, you know? Right. It was, if the, you know, things fall off, you're like, whatever, it's a 99. This I you're know. like, I don't want to scratch on this thing. Especially that yeah. damn paint job is so gorgeous that you're like, we literally just watched it and I saw like a rock must have hit it on the side. And I'm like, Oh my God, if that happened to the, <laughs> you know, the old one, you're like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's a wrap of part one of my conversation with Sandy Phelan. Be sure to subscribe to RV Queens podcast on your podcast app of choice and on YouTube to make sure you get notified when part two comes out next Monday. Thanks for listening today and I will see you on the road. Rather city, Michigan.